0: On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC on News Talk. Now, 20 years ago this year, a headless body was discovered by a farmer in County Offaly. But it became very clear very quickly this wasn't something to be investigated by the guards, this was something to be investigated by archaeologists. And as it turns out, uh, the body, who then became known as the Old Cron Man, wasn't even the first so-called bog body to be turned up that year. Uh, it's on display today in the National Museum of Archaeology in Kildare Street, just next door to my usual stomping ground Monday to Friday. Um, 2003 turned out to be an incredible year for Irish archaeology and for understanding the Irish past in, in ways that are sometimes surprising. And Donald Fallon is here with us to talk us through all of it. Um, Donald, probably worth reflecting, first of all, when I, I mention the old stomping ground, because the National Museum isn't a single entity. It's a number of sites, Not not just across Dublin, but across the country.
1: Yeah, divided into several locations. So we have the Museum of Country Life, beautiful space uh, in, in County Mayo. We have the beloved Natural History Museum, you know, affectionately known to generations of Dubliners There's as the, the Dead, Dead Zoo. Zoo. <laughs> okay. yeah. That's undergoing a lot of restoration uh, at the moment, but it's still a very beautiful, enchanting museum space. Actually, it seems like the guy outside the uh, Dead Zoo might go before any of the artifacts inside. Prince <laughs> Albert was in the news yeah, this yeah. week. I was toying between I was tying me, between too. bog bodies and the statue of Prince Albert for the slot this week. Yeah, but look, today might, we're focusing. To next week we might, yeah. we might. We're focusing on the Kildare Street Museum. Uh, which is now dedicated to archaeology. And if you haven't been inside of it, you've no excuse because it's free. It's a beautiful building, you know, columns of Irish marble. It's in this great kind of Palladian style. And that was it. I mean, it was the Victorian age. There were beautiful museum interiors popping up everywhere. But Dublin is up there with with the very best of them. And I think I'm back into my own, you know, reservoir of childhood memories. That place has changed a lot with time. I remember going in there and seeing the flag Irish Republic that was up on a GPO in 1916. But now, you know, when you're walking through the Kildare Street Museum, it's a much earlier history than Easter week. You know, it brings you right back into BC times. And
0: although a lot of it is from from BC times, quite a lot of what is on display has actually been found in very recent times, including some of their exhibits about the Vikings.
1: Yeah, we know an awful lot about Viking and medieval Dublin because, of course, that Ludicrous decision uh, to oh, construct the civic offices. So, <laughs> no, no, I, sound like, I sound like Frank McDonald's, but I stand by it. <laughs> it was a ludicrous decision uh, to construct the, the civic offices at Wood Woodkey, and that was a massive, long-running battle in in the capital. Mm. But it wasn't just that de- people talk about Woodkey as a massive defeat. On one level, it was a defeat, but on another level, you know, the archaeologists went in; they were giving time. It, it, to it was a
0: chance to, to turn everything over and oh, see what's there.
1: Amazing yeah. stuff was found at Woodkey. You know, Fishamble Street, for example, so combs, toys, jewellery, you name it all on display now uh, in in Kildare Street. Uh, The bog bodies now represent something else entirely. I mean, Pat Wallace and his team went digging on Fishamble Street and they knew what they were looking for. The bog bodies, by comparison, are things that we just kind of have stumbled on. Uh, in, in, in recent times. They're lucky finds, uh, you might say, and there's just remarkable stories behind them.
0: Yeah, and I, I suppose um, given that they're things that you stumble across uh, and things that tend to be just out in, in agricultural wetland, I suppose that they're probably not just an Irish phenomenon, that they're kind of turned up all over the place.
1: If specifically, I mean, people talk about things showing up all over Europe. They, they show up all across the northwest of Europe and there's a reason for that. And it's, it's related to the weather, of course, but they found more than 150 of them uh, in okay. recent decades. Only about 40 were described as in a kind of reasonable state a preservation, And they're the ones that end up in kind of museum settings. And the bogs are a fascinating thing. They have this kind of preservative nature, natural preservative nature. So you find all kinds of things in bogs. I mean, on occasion, the odd War of Independence uh, rifle or perhaps a, a Tommy gun, you know, mm. hidden at the end of the Civil War. Mm. Those kind of things can show up uh, on occasion. But yeah, it's the bodies, I suppose, that people are really, really fascinated by. And the quote the Smithsonian, radiocarbon dating tells us that the greater number of bog bodies went into the moss sometime in the Iron Age between roughly 500 BC and AD 100. So it's wow. extraordinary, extraordinary so it's two stuff. two and a
0: half thousand years old. And if you're
1: wondering what it is, I mean, look, a raised bog, very few minerals... Very little oxygen, lots of acid, low temperatures. That is perfect preservation in, in lots mm. of ways. I mean, that's what museum workers dream of. So that conjures up images of a rural Irish landscape, but actually some of the most famous examples uh, mm. were found abroad.
0: Uh, one of which actually made it in because it did manage to find its own kind of Irish connections as well, despite being being found on another landmass entirely. It managed to make its way into some Irish Nobel-willing work.
1: Yeah, it's Holland man, very famous one. Yeah, he not only shows up with an extraordinarily well-preserved head, He's wearing a pointed cap, which is just wow. amazing. Like He's wearing clothes. And to find him in Denmark in, in, in 1950. And Seamus Heaney wrote a beautiful poem uh, inspired by you know wanting to go and see him and then eventually seeing him uh, on display. And what he really captured, Seamus, was the, the kind of various feelings we have uh, when we look at these remains. And anyone who goes into the National Museum and stands there for a while... It's really interesting. The bog bodies are fascinating, but the living bodies—you know, the people that walk in and look at them, watching them and how they interact with the artifacts—is really, really interesting.
0: Are, are you actually a historian, or are you just a sociologist? <laughs> I'm a sociologist yeah, just, yeah, you don't so, want to look at the old so, stuff. You want to see what's going on. You now. can
1: tell some people feel bad being in that space. And why do we feel bad looking at the remains of someone from, you know, five hundred BC? Because there's still a fundamental kind of humanity in it, isn't mm, there? Yeah. And yeah, some people faint on occasion when they're in these kind of settings. Uh, looking at these remains but there was a lovely lovely article in the Irish Times back in uh, 2006 written by a man not an AI machine Dick (laughs) Elstrang he was writing about going to see them he said there's something disconcerting about gazing into the eyes of a dead man it is even more chilling knowing that the person staring back at you more than 2000 years ago was brutally murdered and yet dead men have tales to tell None more so uh, than the men in the in the, the National Museum. We talked about the Caven man who appears this morning, both as he is now a preserved bog body and also as he was a young man in his prime and early
0: Iron Age. Mm. Ireland. Um, so bring us back to then to what we're talking about. Something that was was turned up 20 years ago. There uh, this year, in fact, it's two things that were turned up in 20 years ago uh, in 2003. Because not one, but two bog bodies uh, found in quick succession. Isn't, isn't and course, that extraordinary? when you find two of them, then it's going to attract the world's attention.
1: Yeah, isn't that extraordinary? A total landmark. Here. And a beautiful documentary was made about this. The, the fact that they found two at, 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 at the same time one in Mead one in Offaly and in both cases very similar I mean carbon dating showed that both lived about 2,300 years ago you know a long long time ago yeah. and they died aged 20 to 25 but old Crohan Man, you mentioned uh, in the introduction yeah. I mean he was scooped out of a bog by a digger accidentally and then technological advancement wow. meant we we're just able to tell so much about him in the press wrote that he stood at 6 feet 6 inches tall which is just extraordinary Yeah, absolutely extraordinary based on the span of his arms which survived along with his torso and you know even social class, I mean, they were looking at his hands and his hands were described as notable for their lack of any scars, cuts, wear, or signs of manual labour. So they were able to tell, I suppose, that this guy was, you know, quite yeah. well-to-do in the society of 2,500 years ago. What's well, funny is that I, years ago.
0: I have vague memories of seeing Old Crawhan Man the last time that I was in Kildare Street. I don't know how many times it, or how many years ago it was because I don't go in there during lunch hours or whatever. Maybe I should. But, but I remember seeing Old Crawhan Man and just could have been struck by how integral it was that it was still a lot of the torso and, and everything else yeah, still still together but sonic. to think actually that there might have been more but for the fact that it was plucked out by a digger and not done with any more care that, that more of them could be in there um, but even a few years later then um, a staggeringly old body because we're talking about bodies that are two two 2,300 years ago um, they found another one then elsewhere a few years later, and that's believed to be the oldest bog body found anywhere ever.
1: This is nuts. Two thousand and eleven, uh, Cashel Man is is found in a county leash bog, and aboard the Mona worker, you know, we'll give him his moment. Jason Phelan, he's operating a milling machine, and he comes across a body in the in the literal middle of the bog, and the evidence put Cashel Man into the early Bronze Age. So what does that mean? Yeah. Around two thousand BC.
0: Two thousand 2000 BC. BC.
1: That is the oldest fleshed bog body found. Anywhere and obviously that 2000 was two
0: thousand BC. Like he's as old as the pyramids.
1: Extraordinary, isn't it? That's a very, very exciting find yeah. uh, internationally. So yeah, two thousand three comes to mind. People might remember that that rush of press coverage and documentaries in yeah. two thousand three. But that find in two thousand eleven internationally was just extraordinary. I stuff.
0: just can't get over like you're, you're talking about the conditions that you know museum workers getting excited about those conditions. Like that's an extraordinary thing to be able to find, yes. uh, and for it again to be stumbled on sort of almost by accident. by the bored ammonia man just out in the middle of the bog. Um, we We mentioned people feeling reluctant about this, and not everyone believes that these sorts of bodies should actually be on display. And then there's separate questions about how exactly you go about yeah, displaying them,
1: but it's beautifully done, you know, and and it, it's it's often its own part of the museum. You don't have to encounter it uh, unless you want to. Kingship and sacrifice, it's called, and there's all these theories around kind of ritualistic sacrifice. and just explaining to the visitor, you know how these bodies have actually been as well preserved as they are. But look for the museum community everywhere. Uh, this is a journey that they've come on, you know, asking themselves how do we display human remains in in a museum setting? Mm. What's the difference between a body from two thousand three hundred years ago and a body from five hundred years ago or one hundred years ago? Yeah. And you know, in the words of one commentator, he said, "They're disquieting exhibits." They definitely are, uh, but you know, Susan Sontag had that great line that she said, "The dead are supremely uninterested in the living." You know, they don't <laughs> they don't really mind what we do with them uh, yeah. on one level, but you
0: know, we are fascinated by them. Uh, including with Prince Albert, <laughs> which is something that I guess we're now openly promising that you're going to have to do next week uh, because I, I, have, I have some stories to tell about that fella as well uh, and his Leinster house life. Uh, Donald Fallon is the author of Three Castles Burning, A History of Dublin in 12 Streets, uh, which is the Easton's Book of the Year for 2022. He's also the presenter of the podcast of the same name about the history of the capital city, which you'll find anywhere you get your audio online.
1: On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at eleven.
0: Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions. It all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.